Hello and welcome to the Eldrick Church in the Community podcast. It's fair to say that we don't really know what we're doing, but hey, let's give it a go anyway. And this week, my co-host is the wonderful Sandra. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Eldritch Church in the Community podcast. This week I have my good friend Sandra with us. Hello Sandra. Hello James. Hello, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Yes, good, enjoying good. Day off. Yeah. Yes, yes. Are you keeping well, keeping busy I hope? Yes, I'm keeping very busy. I'm, I've got a week off this week of work after quite a busy period, um, but I'm painting at the moment so... That's quite nice to be doing something a bit different. Ah, ah. Any exciting colours or are you just going for like cream? My mother always just chooses like cream for all the rooms. I went green <laughs> yeah. for my bedroom when we did mine. Yeah. I did I did a I did sort of a, a light green for most of it, but then I did a feature wall in lime green, so it's all exciting. Well, that sounds really nice. Exactly. Yeah, the feature wall seems to be in at the moment. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm quite a plain, <laughs> no risk person, so I've gone for brilliant white. Brilliant. Um, <laughs> I, I think I'll allow that more because I'm not a big fan fan of cream. It's like it's mm. trying to pretend to be white, but it's not. So no, I'll, yeah. I'll allow you with brilliant white. <laughs> oh dear. A- anyway, so what we do every week on the podcast is is we ask um, our guests to say something that they may be feeling positive about, or you know something that's given them a bit of happiness lately. So take it away. <laughs> Well, going back to the painting point, I'm just in the middle of painting um, our inside of our garage. And I do a lot of exercise in there and I'm just always looking at grey drab walls. So I've been painting it this brilliant white colour and to make it more cheery when I'm inside that garage um, doing my exercise. So, Oh, wow. My... Have you got some like exercise gear or is it like... Yeah, I do have a treadmill in there. Yeah, oh my, so oh my. helps keep the pounds off. <laughs> oh dear, I, I joined a gym in my first year of uni. I did it for about six months and then completely gave up and left, <laughs> led my unhealthy lifestyle. But um... oh yeah, I've done that before. I've like, bought 30, thirty gym sessions and only used two of them. Oh. So I've not done that again. <laughs> So James has handed over the quick quiz to me this week. Uh, So it's Sue talking. And first of all, I've got to go over the answers to last week's quick quiz. So it asked, what is the highest mountain in the USA? And the answer is Mount Denali, formerly known as Mount McKinley. So I guess you'd uh, get a tick against either of those. Then the longest river in the world is the Nile. Denmark is the country which has the oldest continuously used national flag. The capital of Canada is Ottawa. And the smallest ocean in the world is the Arctic. So, hope you got on okay with those. 
and then turning to this week's quiz, a subject a bit closer to home. So this week it's about Yorkshire, in a vague sense. So question number one, what was the name of the Bronte sisters' brother? Question number two, Leeds is the home of the rhinos and Keithley has the cougars. But what animal completes the name of Castleford's rugby league team? Then the Yorkshire Dales has the UK's highest pub. Question three asks, what is its name? Going over to York, to what saint is York Minster dedicated? And then finally, for those horse racing enthusiasts out there, the St Ledger is the world's oldest and apparently longest classic horse race. Where in Yorkshire is it held? So that's it. Hope you get on okay with those. So this week we've got our good friend Shavin, who is a governor at a secondary school in Bradford. And we're going to be asking her a few questions about, you know, what that involves, but also maybe how the pandemic has sort of changed that role and how she's had to adapt and the interesting challenges she's come across. So let's bring Shaman in and we'll take it away. Hello, Shaman. Hello, Shaman. Hi Sandra, hello James. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Now I've got the technology working, I'm absolutely fine. <laughs> oh no, you you excel with yourself. Do, do not worry, do not worry. Um, I need to start thinking of a question when I first say hello to people that isn't just how are you, because it never yields very interesting responses. <laughs> it never lasts long. So I, I, I need to think of something different to ask, I feel, but... Well, I could, have been, I could have been honest and said I was screaming at the computer because it didn't do what I wanted it to do, but I was very polite. <laughs> yes, well, uh, maybe that's the problem. Everyone's always too polite to say anything like other than I'm all right. So, yeah, there you go. Anyway, I believe, Sandra, you've prepared some questions for Sharon. So I will step have, back I for have. a minute and let you go with that. So um, I've got one question here for you, Sharon. Um, you've been um, a governor and now chair at um, uh, in a city Bradford school for quite some time now, haven't you? How many years is it now, Sharon? Uh, I'm into my sixth year. Wow, uh -huh. that's quite some time. Um, so I suppose what many people will want to know is um, what the role of a school governor entails, because plenty of people have heard of school governors, but they're not quite sure probably what they do. And so I was wondering if you could tell us a bit about that. Yeah, um, I like to think of a school governor as being a, effectively a critical friend 
to the uh, principal and the senior leadership team. Uh, we have a role of um, reflecting the views of the community, particularly if we're a community governor or the parent governor. Um, and we're there really to just ask questions, not, not really challenge, but just to probe a bit uh, and to understand more about how the school is working strategically, um, how they're managing their finances uh, as an accountant, if that's an area that I'm particularly interested in. Um, and generally bringing skills that we have developed from our outside school experience into the school life. Um, we go to meetings, we have phone calls, uh, we go into school occasionally just to see what's going on. Uh, quite different being a governor of the secondary school, and the budgets are much, uh, much larger, and the student numbers are much larger uh, than in being a governor of the primary school. And you know about that from your own experience. But it's certainly a worthwhile uh, experience. Uh, you feel as though you are making a contribution. And, uh, I would encourage people who have the time to do it uh, to get involved. Mm, okay, I'll be asking you about a bit about how to get um, involved in being a school governor later on. But um, these past 12 months must have been quite tricky with the pandemic and and it must have affected how you um, perform your role as school governor. Um, what has changed in this last 12 months as, as a result of that? It's Life has been turned on its head, whereas yeah. we would usually just go into the school for a meeting and generally a governing body meeting lasts a couple of hours. We've now done it all on Teams or Zoom. Uh, everybody's sitting in their, in their own at home or the uh, school staff actually being in school but socially distanced. So that's felt quite strange. Yeah, have you been able to do all the things that you usually do remotely then? Uh, generally, yes. Uh, what, has, what we haven't been able to do is to actually go into schools meet with staff, meet with students, because mm. either they've not been in school or uh, because our work is, is valued but not um, critical, we can do it without going into school. Sure. Uh, the, the trust that I've worked for has, has uh, said we don't need to go to school for meeting. And so um, the role of school governor is pretty varied. Is there anything that's ever taken you by surprise as a school governor? Oh, everything in the last 12 months. Yeah. I'm constantly amazed at how the staff have turned themselves inside out and upside down to uh, begin to deliver online lessons, which was something that wasn't even thought of at least in my school 12 months ago, the amount of time that they have spent taking out food parcels, uh, obviously children who are entitled to pupil premium or free school meals uh, still needed to be fed even though they weren't in school. Uh, that took a lot of time and 
there's been a lot of social visits just to see how the children are getting on. And the staff have risen to it. In a secondary mm. school, they've had to change now to learn how to uh, do these lateral flow tests in the last two weeks. And that seems to have gone very well, but it's not the sort of thing you expect a teacher to do. No. And yet they've turned their hands to it, learned how to do it, and by all accounts have done it extremely well. Yeah, the teachers really have been amazing it's right through this pandemic. Yeah. So um, what would you say to somebody that might be interested in um, using some of their spare time as a, a school governor? Have you got any words of advice for them about how to go about it? Uh, well, first of all, I'd say go for it. Mm -hmm. Schools are always grateful for uh, people who bring their own expertise into the school environment. I would say be prepared to commit the time that's necessary. You can have two or three meetings a term and they each last two or three hours. You've got to read papers beforehand and uh, it's good if you can get into school on other occasions just to meet the staff and the students. So it does require some time commitment but it's immensely rewarding uh, and I just love to see the way the year sevens come in and they're really quite small and quite unsure of themselves because it's you know, they've moved from the top of the tree in their primary school to be at the bottom of the secondary and they blossom yeah. and that's just and it's just wonderful to see it's wonderful to hear how um, the staff are so committed to get the children into uh, sixth form or apprenticeships at the end uh, to feel that the education is not just the academic side, but how they encourage the children to blossom and become mm -hmm. rounded individuals. Yeah. Definitely go for it. Mm. And what kind of skills are, are schools looking for for governors? Uh, gener generally, it's uh, it's good um, finance skills. I would say mm -hmm. that I'm an accountant but HR, um, marketing, any any good solid professional skills but as a parent governor it's bringing knowledge of the community, mm -hmm. uh, knowing what's important to the people around them and, yeah. uh, and being willing to act as a sounding board. The principal mm -hmm. is wanting to talk about something uh, they need to have somebody to bounce ideas on. Yeah. And there is a shortage of school governors, I believe, isn't there? There is. There is. I, um, I always find it very hard to get people who can give the time. I mean, somebody like David, for instance, who volunteered, uh, has had the work, has had the support of the people he works for. Yeah, and, and that's been good because it's mean they've allowed him to have the time available, um, and and that works well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you very much. Because yeah. Sandra, you're a governor, aren't you? I, I am. Yeah, for a primary school. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's is it? Do you think that's a different kind of thing to like a secondary school in terms of? I think they both operate in different ways, but yeah. I mean. 
the role of the government must be very similar in some ways, but but the way a school operates will be quite different because it's a primary versus a senior school, I should imagine. Mm -hmm. Do you agree, Sharon? Yes, I, yes, I would. Um, <laughs> we we, gen, I mean, the numbers are much bigger in a secondary school. So where, whereas if you're working with a primary school, they might have a very, very limited budget and every pound counts. In a secondary school, it's probably every 10 pounds that counts. Yeah. Wow. Uh -huh. well, well, there you go. <laughs> so everybody step forward and be a school governor if you can. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would say I'm looking for one. My school, anyone who wants to join, give me a call. <laughs> oh dear. Promotions, I see. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Sharon, for taking the time out of your clearly yeah, very you. busy life to talk to us. And My pleasure, Jane. Deal Good. with the difficulties of technology for me. Yeah. So, yeah. thank you very much. Good to speak with you, Sandra. And you. Hope to catch up soon. Bye. Bye for now. Bye for now. Well, then, thank you very much to Sharon for taking the time out of her day to do that. And before we end this week, um, another part of this podcast that we always like to do is just share a recommendation, um, whatever that may be. So I'm going to throw over to Sandra again and hope she's thought of something because earlier she said she was going to think of something while we were talking. So I'm just delaying slightly in case she hasn't to give her a few seconds. And I have thought of something. You have? Okay. I'll stop waffling. <laughs> So my recommendation for um, this week is um, a cookbook that I've just bought. Um, okay. My husband will moan at me saying I've bought a, yet another cookbook because I've got a bookshelf groaning full of, of them, but I haven't bought one for at least a year, I think. Mm. So it inspired me to buy this cookbook because I was watching um, Jamie Oliver um, cook show on TV the, this week and um, he's got a new book out called Seven Ways. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I've um, bought that book because some of the food that he was cooking on the show looked really interesting and I'd like to give it a go. So yeah, it, so. Has it got a different spin on it, sorry then? So it seems to be divided into sections of, of different ways to cook something, like seven ways to roast a chicken, seven ways to prepare something else. Yeah, so there's oh, wow. different... Yeah, so... It gives you options on how to cook things rather than just doing it the same old way every time. Yeah, so just a different slant on how you might usually do something. And have you got round to trying anything yet? I have. I've taken part of a recipe and I did um, spinach, spinach with um, tin lentils as a dish, a side dish, and it seemed to go down quite well. Well, at least with one of the children anyway, not the other one who hates vegetables. <laughs> yeah. I mean, spinach is not the most inspiring vegetable I can think. I don't know. It yeah. be my first choice, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, but we've got the right herbs and spices as well added. Yeah, it's, it's tasty. Very good, very good. Yeah. Well, this week I drew a bit of a blank when trying to think of what I would 
recommend. Um, but then I, I, I thought of I, I thought of my favourite joke, um, and I thought I, I, I'd recommend the joke. So I, I will do that by telling the joke. Okay, great. Okay. Um, so, Sandra, you'll have to play along with me here. Um, okay. So, why did the chicken cross the road? I don't know. Why did the chicken cross the road? To get to the house. Okay, you might be a bit underwhelmed. There's a part two. <laughs> okay. Do I need to say now? And why did he need to get to the house? No, 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 no you don't. Um, okay. So, um, no, this is another joke. Okay, knock, knock. Who's there? The chicken. Chicken who? No, no, for goodness sake. The chicken crossed the road to get to the house and now he's oh, yes. knocking on the door. Ah, yes. I'm a bit slow at jokes. <laughs> oh my word! Okay, now that didn't. This is it's a co-host. <laughs> oh, well, we won't be having you on again. Oh dear. Anyway, well, there we go. After the slightly anticlimactic ending, um, I hope everyone is all really well and enjoyed listening this week. And again, thank you to Sharon and Sandra for taking the time to take part. So thank you and stay safe and see you next week. Thank Bye. you, James. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.